What's up, guys? Welcome back to 818s and Fast Breaks. My name is Mason Basada, and with me, as always, is Josh Borve. Uh, nice to be back. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long yeah. time, but mm-hmm. um, we couldn't let what's going on in the NBA right now just pass us by. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's just, like, I think Bill Simmons said it best on his Instagram. He just said that the NBA is drunk right now. Oh yeah, uh, it's 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 crazy. Like yesterday, just like all day, new rumors, new trades. It was just, it was it was pretty wild. Up. I can say that for sure. Yeah, it's fun. Um, you can just every time you it seems like every time you refresh your Twitter feed, there's something new to 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 theorize and speculate yep. about. Um, so I want to talk first about I guess go back to our roots as Laker. Uh, you always ho- homers. To. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, D'Angelo Russell, the number two pick in the twenty what twenty fifteen draft. Twenty fifteen, yeah, two is, years ago. Yeah, two years ago, no longer with the Los Angeles Lakers. He was traded to the Brooklyn Nets uh, in exchange for uh, Brooke Lopez and the twenty seventh pick in the draft. And along with Russell, the Lakers also sent Timofey Mozgov and his terrible right. contract <laughs> yeah. that I, the Lakers almost immediately regretted. Um, and they can't well, blame they them. them. Yeah. Yeah, I can't blame them entirely for that contract because that summer everyone was throwing out crazy money, but I think we the Lakers were the first weren't they the first team to to the, sign a player? Yeah, they were. It was like 30 minutes into like free agency like once it started. <laughs> I remember I was watching um Woj's like vertical show and yeah. the first thing that breaks is Mozgov signing with the Lakers. And <laughs> and at the time, you know, seeing that money, like we all knew that was uh, such an overpay. I think with uh, and we're going to about to discuss the trade. But with the trade, I think that kind of cements Mozgov as the, probably the worst signing in Lakers history. Oh, that's, I mean. Yeah. I guess because Kwame Brown, no, nah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that might with, be possible. I guess in free yeah. agency, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you basically, basically what we did, what they did was they drafted him. They over, I mean, they, they, they overpaid him. And then two more, two years later, they gave up, or no, one year later, Not, they gave yeah, up he a wasn't, lottery he pick. Yeah, he wasn't even on the team for a year. Yeah, and yeah. they gave up the number two pick in the draft, who had <laughs> right. a pretty good year last year in his yeah. first real year, like without Kobe. And yeah. it, I just, I don't know, I don't know what that trade was. So, well, no, the trade. See, that's what that's where I'm trying to make the point here is that the the signing was terrible, but yeah, the trade sure. in a vacuum, I think, given the circumstances the Lakers were under when they needed to clear cap space, and they didn't need to. That's the thing, though. They didn't need to clear cap cap space right now. Oh, not now. But, I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah, I think Nate Duncan said that actually that Mozgov would have been easier to offload. You would have had to given up less to get rid of him if he only had two years left on his deal as opposed to three. And you're right, the Lakers aren't going to be signing anyone this off season. Exactly. So it it made no sense in, in my opinion. Now I get it. You know, you got rid of Mozgov. Good job, Magic. Good job, Rob Palinka. Terrible contract, like we said. But I just they sold so low on Russell's potential and I just I would never have done that uh and and especially for an expiring contract in Brooke Lopez he's all right um I don't I'm not the biggest fan of him uh he's honestly a better like if Mozgov was actually like a like really like a good center that would be Brooke Lopez he does have a three-point game last year he showed off I think he made more threes than Russell did last year uh Hmm. but still just overall, and, and like you said, in a vacuum, I think they sold too low on Russell's potential. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, yeah, in a vacuum, exactly, because he is a, he's a talented kid. Um, yeah. but I think that Magic or Rob Polinka, I think it's Rob Polinka, but some one of one of them saw that that or they they thought that D'Angelo Russell and Lonzo Ball just couldn't play together. Um, and I somewhat agree with that. I think offensively they could have been similar to like a. Um, like the Blazers backcourt sort of yeah. just like yeah, yeah, high powered yeah. offense. Both guys can play on or off the ball. They're very skilled. Um, they both can shoot somewhat. Um, but like the Blazers backcourt also defensively, they would have been an absolute nightmare. And I don't think there was any way around that. And I think the Lakers saw that and they said, well, we should just cut our losses right now. We're going to start fresh. I think the re- like Rob Polinka, I don't know who said it actually, but, or if it was actually ever said, but um, that, the Lakers had the the new front office had no ties to the old front office in terms of uh, previous yeah, yeah. draft picks. So. And, and, and Magic's, yeah, I think it was Magic who said that Brandon Ingram's the only guy that yeah, that we won't trade. Right. Yeah, exactly. But the thing with that is, and with Lonzo and Russell, and I do agree, if you were to compare them to a backcourt, it would be Portland. But the thing is, the, the Lakers had the opportunity, and they still they probably will draft Lonzo. Uh, tomorrow in the draft but they could have waited till at least February at least a half a season to see if this would work before they you know before they traded Russell before they traded Mozgov the trade didn't need to happen now at least test it out see how well Russell and Lonzo can play together before you just throw it all away say okay you know what this rebuild that we're doing we're gonna push that aside now and we're just gonna go all in for the hope that we'll get two max level free agents when they've done this year in and year out and they've failed every single time so unless there was a like a guarantee from paul george and another at least a hopefully not maybe a max level free agent but still a a star player i would not have made that trade you could have waited there was no need to make this trade right at at the time at the time now a year from now maybe you know I, i get it more but at right now it didn't make any sense yeah, it did seem kind of rushed. I agree with you. And I think, you know, maybe like there is some off-court stuff that that the public isn't aware of in terms yeah, of Russell's true, character true. or maybe, you know, maybe he even voiced not wanting to play ne- alongside Lonzo. Um I know like Lonzo and his dad were very vocal about like they could play alongside each other, but, you know, maybe D'Angelo sees himself as a point guard. Um and he'll have that opportunity now. It's going to be his show in Brooklyn and I'm actually yeah, excited to see how he plays. Yeah, me um, too. Or maybe he'll play alongside Jeremy Lin. I don't know. But uh, mm-hmm. either way, um, I, I think one underrated aspect of this trade is I know Brooke Lopez is only going to be there for a year, but I'm a little higher on him than you. I think you know, yeah, he's I think you very, are. Yeah, very skilled player. Um, and yeah, you're right. He showed off that he can shoot the three last year, which especially now because we're getting into another part of the Lakers offseason. Well, I guess next offseason, but it affects this offseason too, is um, what are they going to do with Julius Randle? And if they, I think they they decided. Look, which which of these two guys are we gonna just let let their season play out and see where we are in a year? I think they chose Randall, and I, I think the kid to get the most out of Randall, you have to play him with a f- uh, a floor spacing big. If not, play him at center himself. Play him with another center that can shoot the three, just so there's the the floor is more spread. He can kind of. You know, grab and go on pick on fast breaks, or even run some pick and rolls every now and then. Um, so I think Brook Lopez fits better with uh, with uh, Julius Randle, and they're gonna have to um, decide what they're gonna do with him soon because the, I think it's already decided they're not going to extend him this year. 
are given yeah, yeah they're not going to extend him this year so now next year he's going to be going into unrestricted or restricted free agency um mm-hmm. and they're going to have to decide what they're going to do with him i think it's pretty much a far a foregone conclusion that if you know, Paul George and LeBron James or some other marquee free agent are going to come <laughs> to the Lakers, which we know that we can get into that. But um, yeah, I think that Julius Randle's going to have to be the, the short end of the stick there. and He's going to have to, you know, maybe sign with another team. Um, but, you know, I think the, the starting lineup of Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, you know, potentially Paul George and then Randle and Brooke Lopez. I like that. I think it, it's it's a little bit more cohesive than last year's lineup, just in the in the sense that there's. Well, know, two, he, OK, yeah. Racing. That 100%, but my question to you would be, do you think that the Lakers would trade for Paul George this offseason? Because oh. I think that that changes. I think oh, uh, I think it really does, again, is a negative aspect of this trade. Um, so just, do you think they could have used Russell as a trade piece? No, not even Paul that. The, this is what I'm trying to get to, is that let's say they don't trade for Paul George this offseason, right? Which at this point after this trade, I don't think they should because if you do, you're probably going to have to give up either Clarkson or Randall alongside draft picks. And so now, again, you're losing more of this young core that made the Lakers attractive to Paul George in the first place. But let's say you don't, right? And so you have the lineup of, uh, Lonzo, let's say Clarkson's a two, Ingram's a three, Randall's a four, and Brooke Lopez is a five. We know what a team with Brooke Lopez as a centerpiece is. They're <laughs> probably the worst team in the league, and the Lakers don't have their draft pick next year, right? So unless Paul George is coming this year, and ag- again, it doesn't make sense making this trade now because you're gonna be, you're still gonna be bad, right? Because again, Brooke Lopez doesn't really put a team over the top. And yeah. so you don't have that draft pick to kind of compensate for a lost season. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think um, one thing that, I mean, clearly Paul George doesn't care that much about money because if he did, he would he would have signed with Indiana or he is he would have signed with Indiana. Yeah. Um, or he will next year if he actually cared about the money because they can still offer him more than another team can, even though he yeah. didn't get the designated uh, player, uh, yeah, the max super player max. extension. Yeah, yeah he didn't make all nba this year um but uh the lakers could offer him more money if they trade for him so if they trade for him this year and then they can offer him the the because they'll have his bird rights then they can offer him then, more yeah money they can offer him the extra year that yeah without yeah. the bird so, rights they wouldn't be able to um so that's one aspect of it and also i think like you said brooke lopez is not no by no means that you know like he's not going to take the lakers to the playoffs but he's an upgrade over mozgov i think um and once again like i, I think just if you want, like you said, you want to make the Lakers look attractive to potential free agents. So, you know, if you give Lonzo a floor spacing big, he's going to need three-point shooters if he wants to run this offense. Um, you know, he need a lot of spacing at UCLA. I think that goes underrated when you take a look at his game. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think this was uh, – there are many aspects to it. I agree with you that they should have waited. I think they should have – they were a little bit, you know, trigger happy. I think maybe the new regime wanted to make a splash, show yeah. the mm-hmm. rest of the league they mean business, whatever, whatever. Um, but you know, I, I think in terms of trading for Paul George, I don't think they should. I agree with you. I think there's no point in, because another potentially thing that could go wrong is if let's say they do trade for him and they still suck, um, then maybe Paul George would want to leave in a year and then, you know, they've traded away stuff for him and he leaves. It's kind of like a Dwight situation all over again, you know? So, um, exactly. And again to this point of the lakers banking on stars coming and so yes this is more realistic than it's ever been with a superstar coming in paul george he said it there's reports about it and i get that 
and that makes sense. But to trade, again, the number two pick, just to clear up the cap space, right, to get two, level, two max level free agents, to get LeBron, I just, I don't think LeBron's going to come to the Lakers. Oh, I don't. I don't because it's, it's every year, oh, LeBron to the Lakers. Oh, his mm-hmm. wife wants to live in L.A. It's this year in and year out. And so, you know, from my point as a fan, like, when will they realize that, okay, we need to stop banking on LeBron. We need to stop banking on Westbrook. If he does come, I don't think he's going to leave OKC either. It just, it, I just don't, again... Mozgov were signing Lakers history. They could have done something different. They could have waited if they wanted to do that. But I just don't think Russell should have been the guy that they traded. Yeah, I I, I agree with you for the most part. I think I, I just well yeah I, I think because I'm lower on Randall than I am on Russell just as like a fit in the modern NBA. Yeah. I, I I mean at one point I think I even might have said it on this podcast, and if I do, I regret it that he could be like. <laughs> similar to Draymond Green I just yeah I, don't I think, think we all thought that yeah. at one point because <laughs> they have similar body types but yeah I, I don't I'm think st- he'll ever have the same defensive potential that 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 Draymond yeah. does and also he has much shorter arms than Draymond I think that's an underrated part of his game is that he's not very long for as tall as he is he's 6'9 but he's I don't know how big his wingspan is um so yeah I think maybe I would have traded Randall instead of Russell and also you have one Randall uh or Russell is going to be up for extension in two years rather than one year or excuse me one year rather than this year um so you don't have to worry about paying him so that's another thing that that maybe would have I would have leaned toward trading Randall but maybe the Nets didn't want Randall I mean yeah no that's um, true and then you got to weigh that that's that's the point uh for Randall at least I think I'm higher on Randall than than you are like how you're higher on Brooke Lopez um I He's not Draymond. Uh, he'll never be that defensively. I completely agree with you on that. Uh, I think offensively, though, he's a really versatile weapon for a team to have. For him to be able to, you know, be that point forward to which he's shown on occasion. Uh, and he's developed his game every single year. His shot is improving. Um, I still think Randall can be a a good piece to have on a team. Uh, not an all-star, not to that level. But he's... You know, you need players like Randall on your team. Uh, but I, I get it. Um, I get why they didn't trade Randall. Uh, I think with if they do draft Lonzo, which I'm, I think is probably a guarantee at this point, uh, it made sense, I guess, to keep Randall over Russell because you're already getting a point guard. But it's just, it's all about timing in this league, and the timing's not there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think... Um... His extension kind of probably uh, scared a few teams off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I I agree with you. I think maybe they 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 rushed the gun, but I like you said they could have done this exact same trade in February, and I think maybe they just figured let's just get it out of the way now, just so we can, you know, show Paul George maybe that we mean business and that we're very aggressively trying to sign him or in in you know next year. But uh, it, it. But if you trade so, for him, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but but on that point. If to show, I guess, Paul George that we mean business, can't you, I guess, argue that, look, he already wants to come here. We don't need to uh, persuade him to like so much. And especially with Russell having the same agent that George has, uh, there was, um, what was it, last, last summer was an Olympic. So leading up to that, when they had like the USA training camp, how they brought in Randall and Russell, Paul George pointed, pointed out those two players saying how much they competed and how much he liked playing with them. So it it just it doesn't 
it just doesn't really fit. And so if Paul George really wants to come here, which it's which obviously it's reported, then they didn't have to do that much. And it, they could have waited. They could have waited to the trade deadline. They could have waited to next offseason because there was just they're not using the cap space this year. Right. So if they're not using it this year, why throw away next year? Next, yeah, that's a very good season. point. I I did not notice that aspect of it that they're not going to be using this cast base and yeah and and it would be it w- I think maybe in a year you could have or even at the trade deadline you could have had not had to give up as much to get rid of Moskov. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think you know. All right, so let's just go back to 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 the Paul to praying for Paul George this year though because I okay. I think you, you hit on a good point that that there's no point to to really throw all your chips on the table if you think he's going to come next year um and now it seems like the pacers are asking for a lot more than what we what originally was was uh proposed like at first i saw a trade that was oh and that's another aspect of this nets trade is they would use that pick to trade for george they wanted that that's true so number 28 pick um but and i saw a proposed trade that was either either randall or clarkson and then the 27 pick and the 28 pick um but now i hear that they might be asking for the number two pick um, yeah. and I, that, I think that's, that's just ludicrous. And I don't know why, you know, if I were Paul George, I would, I would advise, I mean, I guess it's not up to him, but then yeah, you're exactly. really screwing yourself because there would be no talent left on the team if Paul came, you know, without a number two pick on the team. Did you hear of the, uh, yeah, it was yesterday. Um, David Aldridge reported that the Lakers offered the Kings a number two pick to the, to get number five and 10. And then they would trade one of those pick alongside the other first round picks and I think one of either Clarkson or Randall to Indiana for Paul George. And then Sacramento was a team that said no. Uh, but if the Lakers did that, like, would you have been okay with that? Because I know I would have been 100% against it, but I just want to know what, how you would have felt with that. Well, it depends if it's, is it, are they giving up five or 10? I think that's a big gap because I think this is an eight player draft. And I think after number eight, it kind of falls off. So if they're giving up 10, I would be okay with that. And then you could still get maybe a you know Jer- a Darren Fox or um, like a, a Dennis Smith or someone decent, but obviously it's a big drop off from Lonzo from what I've yeah. seen. Um, but yeah, if it was five, then I would be no, that would be, that would be insane because still like number ten and Paul George would be your team then. You know that's not exactly. Um, so I think I'm kind of glad the Kings said no to that. Um, they were confident. They finally did something right. Yeah. Although no, they they would have. I think they would have gotten the good end of that deal. They would have got moved up to number two and taken. That Lonzo. is true. They, so they would have won that trade. That they would have yeah. won. So okay, the Kings. So the are Kings' still incompetence incompetent. saved still the Lakers. Yeah. Continues. There we go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, I think. I mean, Darren Fox would have been. I think still. I honestly like from what I've watched of this draft, like so many of these guys have such high ceilings and such low floors that that you're it's it's kind of a crapshoot like obviously uh Fultz and Lonzo stand out among this group but honestly yeah. I think Deer and Fox has the potential to be as good as Lonzo you know and or Lonzo has the potential to never really make it in the NBA because he kind of never figured out how to run a pick and roll but um that's why you got to keep Russell he'll run the pick and roll no <laughs> yeah I don't know yeah I mean and then they'll just get killed on defense every every eh, possession yeah. down. That was what bothered me most about the 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 the, the Lonzo hype was that oh he's he's gonna r- turn Lakers the Lakers franchise back into Showtime and it's gonna be fast breaks left and right and no one everyone failed to ask like how do you start a fast break you start a fast break with defense and True. a starting lineup of Lonzo Ball D'Angelo Russell 
I guess Paul George would play good defense, but Julius Randle's not going to stop anybody. Brooke Lopez isn't going to stop anybody. Like, I, I think I still like the idea of Lonzo in a vacuum if you put the right pieces around him, but I th- I just, I, I don't, you know, like, people just assume that you can start running in a half-court set. You can't. No, you need you need to, to get a stop, and it's going to become, you know, like, yeah. I don't no, know. I, I, and I Pat Riley said it too about like Showtime. It, it was a defense first. It's defense what led to them being able to run, you know, Showtime and doing all of that, having all those fast breaks. So I'm completely there with you. Uh, Have you watched so, the, uh, the 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 new Thirty for Thirty? The, the Thirty. I I was I watching. Seen it yet. Yeah. No. I watched. I had the. I watched like the first ten minutes of the first episode and then I had to leave. Uh, but the what I watched was really good. So I'm just gonna assume that and it the starts rest from like the the Jerry West era, like the, yeah, it started with like Bill Russell, Jerry West, and then it just progresses throughout their histories. All right, I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah. Okay, so where do you want to hit next? Let's say the uh, you want to do the Dwight trade? Yeah, why not? Um, so yeah, I think it was what Dwight Howard and the number thirty one pick for Miles for... Plumley and the number forty one pick. Is that correct? And Marco and, and, and Marco Bellinelli. Bellinelli. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so honestly, I, I don't get this trade for the Hawks, um, because Miles Plumlee's contract is not that much less than Dwight Howard. And I think you're getting less of an, uh, a player in return for that. Like as, as, you know, as much as Dwight has fallen off in the last few years, you know, he's no Miles Plumlee. Like he's yeah. still, he still contributes on defense. Um, yeah. but I think overall, this is just a testament to like how far Dwight Howard has fallen. Like I was looking back at his, like his, his, if you just go on his Wikipedia page and you see his like career accolades like three defensive player of the year awards in a row is is like insane it it really is second mvp voting in 2011 like i think zach lowe argued that he should have won it that year um like he was yeah if if not for lebron he would have been one of the best players in the league and and he did lead the orlando magic to the nba finals like when you got to give him credit for that uh obviously the team was built really great around him but dwight was still the centerpiece of that team he was 100% the best center in the league for, for a large stretch of time uh, up until he really left Orlando. Um, but with the trade, I, I did see the amount of money Charlotte is saving is $3 million when you compare their salaries. So they spent, they saved $3 million to move back 10 draft picks and mm-hmm. to lose their starting center. So I, I just don't, I'm like, just doesn't make sense to a certain extent. I get it. How it was Mike Budenholzer who wanted to bring in Dwight, no longer president of basketball operations. They bring in a new guy, wants to get rid of Dwight. I get that from that standpoint. From Charlotte's standpoint, I 100% get it. I think it was a really good trade from their point. Because, again, only adding $3 million in cap space, they're getting an upgrade at center. And now you put Dwight with Kemba, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, Nicholas Batum. That's a pretty good team, right? And I thought last year they would make the playoffs. Didn't happen. I think this year depending on how the offseason goes, who knows? They, they could probably do it. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll be fun to watch. But honestly, like, I, I tweeted this too. I think Cody Zeller might be better than Dwight at this point of his career. He's younger. He's a, I think he might be a little bit more athletic. He can switch on to guards easier than Dwight. I mean, yeah, I mean we see yeah, every okay. offseason Dwight, like, Dwight, you know, tweeting or his manager tweeting, Dwight's shooting mid-range jump shots now. Dwight's shooting threes now. Like, he's becoming a modern center. He went on the jump and said that, like, I, I don't know. I mean, like... Yeah, and, and then the season starts, and then you see he's the same player. Yeah, and then he just bricks free throws every game. But, I I, I mean, yeah, it's... it's I just... It, it kind of baffles me that players can fall this far, but 
I think that's what happens when you rely on athleticism. And I was debating this with my friend the other day. Like, it's kind of the same situation as Derrick Rose. I mean, obviously Derrick Rose had a major injury, but yeah, people forget about Dwight's uh, back surgery he had before his Lakers season. He never really came back from that. He was never quite the same athletically. And both those guys, Derrick Rose and Dwight Howard, they just never developed any sort of you know skill set that that doesn't rely on being crazy athletic. You know, Derrick Rose never really developed a jump shot that would have extended his you know MVP kind of career or Dwight never really developed a, a post-up game so it, I think it's a testament to you know just guys that rely on athleticism more than it yeah um, and like you you skill. look at you look at LeBron right he used athleticism for a good part of his career and now he's a complete player he'll post you up he'll he runs the offense he does all of that so he didn't re- only rely on his athleticism and he developed his game uh so, yeah, I think that is what led to the downfall of Dwight. I think with the back injury, too, the back surgery, he had that that offseason going to the Lakers, and I do think he did rush it back um, to just be on the court because everyone wanted to see him. Uh, but just I just thought it was funny to see that tweet from Dwight saying, like, send me all your rumors about what you think is going to happen, and then five minutes later, he gets traded. I thought it was also funny how earlier in the day, how Charlotte and Atlanta, their Twitter accounts, their team oh, Twitter yeah. accounts, were tweeting at each other about like, <laughs> tw- like Twitter GMs saying that they should make all these trades, and then they made a trade together later that day. Uh, it's just, it's just a testament, really, to about how things can change in the NBA. How in a day, right, the Lakers are supposedly back on top, right? Like, oh, all these players want to go here. Dwight Howard is traded for really nothing. And, you know, LeBron's going to leave Cleveland. And it's just a testament to the NBA and just how volatile it could be. Oh, I agree. And I think, you know, like back to what Bill Simmons was saying about, you know, it's an 11-month sport now. It's like there's yeah. no time to t- – it's like August is the only time really where nothing's going on because you have – you go from training camp to the preseason to the, to the season to the postseason to the draft. And now we have the NBA awards show. That's like next week, right? Yeah. And then we have – uh what what um summer free, league oh yeah, yeah free, free agency, agency july 1st yeah. then summer league and then back to training camp you know only august really is the month where you don't have anything going on it's pretty crazy yeah. but um i want to get back to what you said about lebron um just okay. so we can address this where why why would he like i get that you know maybe he wants to live here and his wife wants to live here whatever but i lebron is a very smart guy yeah. And I think he knows that, like, regardless of how you know how how you spin it and how you know my my owner forced me out, you know he's an asshole. I get it. He probably is an asshole. He seems like an asshole because honestly, if he hadn't, he pre- I probably is. If he hadn't gotten rid of David Griffin, honestly, I think they might have Paul George right now or Jimmy Butler or something. Yeah. But um, regardless, I think he LeBron understands that if you go to the Lakers. That just looks it's like a weird thing. We go you know, back to like the Wikipedia page. It'd be so weird to see like Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland, Los Angeles. Like doesn't that like for I mean, I guess you see the same thing with Jordan, like on, on when you see this last two years with the Wizards, yeah. but like and people give Michael Jordan crap for that because he should have stayed retired. He wasn't as good as he used to be. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it'd be so weird if he went to a team that wasn't contending for a title. I mean you know we can put put teams together but it honestly doesn't really come it never really comes to pass exactly how you envision it yeah but exactly there I, I just i don't know like 
I, I just don't see it happening. I don't care what I hear from like all these different rumor sources. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, but I kind of saw it from a different like angle. I don't know why LeBron would want to come to the West, which is a tougher conference, and then yeah. have to play be in the same division as the Warriors, play yeah. them four times a year, and then not even play the Warriors in the finals. At best, if you make the playoffs, and I'm assuming if LeBron comes here, another star would come here. So there would be a good team, right? But that means you're not. there's no guarantee you're making the finals. The farthest that you could maybe get is the Western Conference Finals, and who knows, he lose to the Warriors there. So that's how I saw it. Like, that doesn't make any sense why LeBron would want to do that to himself or to his legacy when he can stay in Cleveland or any team in the East, really, and just get to the Finals basically year in and year out. Maybe some competition from Boston here or there, but pretty much an easier ride to the Finals. So that's how I kind of saw it, why it yeah. didn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. And I guess you could make the argument that maybe – you know, at age, what, he'll be 34 by the time he'll be a free agent next offseason. Maybe at that age, he doesn't care about winning anymore. Maybe he now he yeah. just wants to have fun, and maybe, you know, maybe it, maybe he won't go to the Lakers. Maybe he'll go to Clippers and play with his buddy Chris Paul, and maybe Melo will come on, like, a cheap contract. I don't know. But, yeah, if he's if he's still serious about winning a championship, and from what I could tell, he's a competitive guy, I think he'd want to until he retires, you know? I mean, let's say they if they don't get Paul George, they could maybe make a trade for Jimmy Butler or something. I, I, if, if Lonzo comes close to being what Kyrie is, I mean, you should be happy with that. Like you have like Kyrie Irving is, is awesome. Like I, I give him crap for his defense a lot, but like, yeah. you know, like that's not a, it's a hard commodity to come by, especially like, you know, he hit a, one of the biggest shots of all time in the finals. Like, you know, why would oh. you leave that? Especially when he's so much younger than you are. I think he could get better potentially. I don't know. Well, okay, uh, speaking about Kyrie, too, there was the report yesterday how Kyrie might demand a trade if LeBron leaves and how they told Jimmy Butler or players on Cleveland or around Cleveland were telling Jimmy Butler to not come here. This can all blow up in a year. Do you hold any weight to that? Do you think Kyrie would actually want to be traded? You know, just and just the whole rumor of Jimmy Butler going to Cleveland and then Jimmy Butler not wanting to go to Cleveland and then staying in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, for Jimmy Butler, like I think he, you know, he understands the 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 Chicago lore and the you know everything that 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 city believes in and all that. Um, so I can get why he wouldn't. I I mean, I would prefer to win a championship if I were him, but um, maybe he wants to get traded to Boston. Maybe it's not that he wants to stay in Chicago, but he doesn't just doesn't want to go to Cleveland. Maybe he's one of the few guys that. You know, people give Durant crap for joining the team that beat you, but maybe Jimmy Butler wants the challenge of beating LeBron. I don't know. But in terms of Kyrie, yeah, if LeBron leaves, why the hell would you want to stay? Like, if after, especially how you see how your own owner treats players, he yeah. for all we know, he'll read another Comic Sans letter as soon as LeBron leaves. <laughs> and then, you know, where does that leave Kyrie? Like, it'd be cool to see him carry, try to carry a team, but that didn't work out well the first time. I know he was younger, but yeah, if I were Kyrie, I would totally demand a trade. I don't see why. You know, he would want to stay in Cleveland if, if LeBron left. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. On that, um, Just a little thing I want to throw in. Um, mm-hmm. Nick Young did decline his player option. So oh, there's that. that so just, now, just yeah, just, yeah Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted it out a couple minutes ago. So now no Russell and who knows if Nick Young also is going to stay. Yeah, isn't that so crazy? Like that 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 alone should be a testament to Luke Walton because like 
they got no way in hell last year you would say oh nick young is going to opt out of his contract he could definitely get more money on the open market than his current contract he was like he wasn't even playing a year ago and now he's you know he he could make like double figures in free agency that's pretty impressive yeah no Um, he's he's a poor man's jr smith yeah exactly yeah yeah and he could you know he's kind of he could play some defense every now yeah every Um, once in a while Okay, so yeah, then yeah, maybe he might opt out, or maybe the Lakers will get him back on a decent deal. Um, I like kind of like him in Philly too. They need a they need a shooting guard True. to go. With, to go okay, just Pulse. mentioning Philly. Uh, we <laughs> never talked about that trade. Oh, yeah, we the, never the, talked. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the process finally ending? Is the process almost complete if they get Markel Fultz? <laughs> I mean, you've okay. So you. First of all, I love that trade for Philly because if if you're in their position at number three, you're looking down. I think the only other guy besides Fultz that would fit with a Ben Simmons, and first of all, you're betting a lot that Ben Simmons is your franchise guy and you want to build yeah. around him but and not just take the best player available, but like the only other guy I could see maybe fitting was Monk. And I don't think anybody – I've heard that no one below Philly – was willing to trade up, would be willing to give up, you know, like maybe like the Knicks would be willing to throw in Porzingis for number three. I don't think they would have done that or like maybe Dallas or someone, you know, because Monk is probably yeah. going to fall around like seven or eight or nine. Um, so it makes total sense. Why not just go in for the only other guy that really fits with Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz because he can play off the ball. You know, he can still handle the ball every now and then run, pick and roll, but also you can play him off. He can shoot to some, you know, for some degree. I think Lonzo might have also kind of fit well, but, you know, he's also above three. He's probably going to be taking two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it made total sense for Philly. I, I liked it a lot for them. And they have, they've stockpiled so many draft picks. Like, they can totally, like, spare that, that 2018 Lakers pick or the Kings pick, either way. Um, uh, so, yeah, I liked it for Philly. And then for Boston, um, it, I think, you know, if you believe in your front office's uh, – uh, evaluation of players if you truly trust them i guess i don't know who you is because front office is the front office but if danny ainge believes that hey this guy i really like that i would take at one is going to be available at three i should trade down like i i totally get that like hundred percent and and it's it's kind of like you're uh taking you know uh how do i put this um the celtics are taking more slices of the pie in the sense that they're getting a number three pick and a pick next year, mm-hmm. whereas the Sixers are getting a bigger slice of one, one big slice of pie, you know? Like okay, they're, no, they're, yeah, definitely. I definitely see that. And and I I don't know if I agree with Danny Ainge, that Josh Jackson or Jason Tate, I don't even know who he's taking because, you know, Josh Jackson isn't, isn't apparently didn't work out for the Celtics, didn't yeah. even send his medical records over. Yep. Um, so it sounds like the person that he, if Danny Ainge was infatuated with the player enough to to want to trade down for him, then you'd think they, they would have worked out for him. So maybe it's Tatum and I'm not very high on Tatum, but if, if, you know, if he's confident, then that's the way to go. I totally agree, you know, in principle with that. And we'll just have to wait and see, you know, who ended up being, if Fultz becomes, you know, a multi-time all-star, I think then Philly won the trade. And if, if he just is an average starting point guard and Jason Tatum turns into an all-star, then yeah, then the Celtics won the trade, but we have to wait and see on that. But as of right now in the abstract, I liked it for both of them. Yeah, yeah, 100% with you on that. Uh, just really quickly, with Boston, 
they continue to stockpile draft picks at a certain point. And we, when DeMarcus Cousins was rumored to be traded, we thought, oh, Boston, they have all these draft picks. So my, at least trade, my yeah. exactly when when is that point where you have all these assets? When are you going to use them? When are you going to trade them to get whoever it may be? It could be Paul George. It could be Jimmy Butler, or it could be someone we don't we're not even thinking of. So, but I, I still like to trade from both ends. Yeah, I agree. So now I'm back to your question about the process. Um, yeah, two of their three core guys now have not played a single game in the NBA yet. You know, um, Ben Simmons was out last year with an injury, yeah. and De- uh, uh, Markel Fultz has yet to play a game. And Joel Embiid, the third piece of that you know trio, has only played what he played thirty two games last year. Yeah, something um, like that. So, and you know, obviously Simmons and Embiid have also have already had major injuries very early in their career. Um, yeah. I think Fultz had some sort of major injury back in high school. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a gamble, but if it works out, I think all of those players complement each other. It looks really good, you know, in, in principle. Um, and if you can find, like I said, if you can find a nice two guard, they can, I, I like the idea of overpaying for a veteran two guard just for, you know, two years or so before they have yeah. to extend all their young guys. So maybe like a JJ Redick would fit well with them. Um, exactly. and then you have Covington who I really like. He's a great three and D guy. Um, you could play him and then play Simmons at the four. I think that's his natural position. Um, Sarich, I don't know where he fits now into this equation. I think maybe you can look to trade him for some sort yeah, of Yeah, you can either trade mm-hmm. Um, or you can bring him off the bench either way. True. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for Philly. I think, I think Joel Embiid was quoted earlier saying that, you know, his, their goal for this season is to make the playoffs. I think that's a totally realistic goal. Um, what I think the team, the eighth seed this year was forty two and forty. I think it's, I could totally see them doing that, especially, you know, Embiid was on a minutes restriction last year, and they they were close to a fifty win team. I think when he was on the floor, so there's no reason why if if all of them can stay relatively healthy, and that's a big if. But if they yeah, do, that, I can, I could totally see them making the playoffs. What do you think? That, that's one hundred percent the key. Joel Embiid's health is going to determine how well they do. Uh, the one, I guess, aspect I would be a little hesitant about with Simmons and Fultz is they both kind of had the same college career. They came yeah. into college as the number one prospect. They went to uh, not a major basketball school, and they didn't make the tournament. And so I think just from a character standpoint, uh, like about their desire to win, about you know trying to get their team to the tournament, actually having a winning record, I think that might be be a problem i doubt it uh but that's something that should be considered for those two players uh but again it does come back to health and that is a big if we still need to see how simmons plays in the nba too we need to see see how he handles this competition because there is a learning gap between college and the nba he sat out for a year i'm interested to see how he actually will do against real nba talent and the speed of the game um He's not going to summer league this year, so we're not going to, get to see him until training camp. But are you going to go to summer league? Uh, I would love to go again. That was so <laughs> much fun last year. I'm still trying to side if I am, but I think it'd be really cool. I think I could like meet some interesting people and some good yeah. connections. But um, yeah. okay, so uh, uh, we totally lost track of where we were here. Um, so yeah, I agree with you to the point that they both, you know, did didn't really they didn't make the tournament. Obviously, they weren't really competitive in either of their conferences. But I think that's more of a testament to, and this is getting a bigger picture here, but like, what's the point of the one and done rule? Clearly those oh, guys, yeah. they would have gone number one if they just came right out of high school. Um, 
Yep. I think Simmons would have because let's let's okay, so let's go back a year. Who was the number one pick in the twenty fifteen draft? That was uh, that, that was that was Carl Anthony Towns, Towns. Towns. Okay, you could make the argument that Towns would have gone first, but still, Simmons would have gone easily in the lottery if he just came right out of high school. Yeah. Um, and you can make the same argument for Markel Fultz this year. Like, they're they're literally just there because they have to be. Maybe you know, and some guys like you know, look at Emmanuel Mudiay, like. They're, they're like, if I'm going to, if I'm being forced to sit out a year and like being forced to miss out on this, these millions of dollars that I could be making right now, I'm going to go somewhere else and try to make a decent living there, you know, go to China, go somewhere, uh, you know, I think someone in this year's draft has played in Australia instead of going to college. It's just, it just bothers me that you're old enough to vote and yet you're not (laughs) old enough to play in the NBA and make yourself a living if you have the talent to do so. Yeah. Uh, I'm Coach K even said it that they should get rid of the one and done rule. Uh, if Coach K says that they should, I'm right there with them. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, but a lot of players, at least at the top of the draft, could have went straight from the high school. But also for a lot of players like Russell, when he was coming into the draft or not to the draft into that season, no one thought he would be the number two pick. Right. Mm -hmm. But he had a great year and he became the number two pick. Same thing with Lonzo. I remember heading into the college basketball season this past one, Lonzo was projected to be a late first round pick. He had a great year and now he's probably going to be the number two pick and he add millions of dollars to his value because of that. So there are positive aspects to it. I think that they should get rid of the one-and-done rule and that for the players that do stay in college that they should stay for two years, right? Mm-hmm. So at, it's kind of like what college baseball does. You can leave high school and go straight into the draft, or if you do go to college, you got to stay there. Uh, but but still, I, I just, I don't know, get wherever we were with, with the process too. I just think that Fultz is the pick without a doubt and it, it'll probably work and i think the process is coming to an end uh getting jj reddick would be a really savvy sign because uh, i think he would complement that lineup well with Fultz simmons and Embiid. but i just i just want to return see... of nick young to philly maybe or the return <laughs> yeah uh, the return of swaggy p uh maybe even lou williams right yeah, maybe they trade for lou williams that was rumored today how the rockets are trying to trade him so it, it just it's it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, do you think that there's any possibility that the Lakers take someone else besides Ball at this point? No, not not even for a second. I didn't when there were like reports about how they were kind of leaning away from Lonzo too, how they like Fox, how they like Jackson. I never even thought that was real either. I always been of the belief that the Lakers once they got the number two pick in the lottery, we're taking Lonzo. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's clearly, I think he's clearly the number two prospect in this draft, and they, they would, they would, regardless of you know, oh, you want to stick it to his dad for you know just assuming yeah. we're gonna take him, you're entitled, whatever. No, like he's the second best player in this draft. Yeah, he, you know, now clearly now that we traded away D'Angelo Russell, there's no doubt that they're looking for a point guard. And I don't think De'Aaron Fox is 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 the answer. If they they if they thought he was, they would have traded down for him. Um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely a. I don't want to say a new era of Lakers basketball because you know we've been in this tanking mode for about what five six years now. But I think he's going to be a franchise. He could potentially he has the potential to be a franchise point guard, and I think that's exciting and something the Lakers could really look forward to. Uh, the Laker fans could really look forward to. 
Um, oh, and, now, and then having like Lavar associated with the team is just yeah. going to make headlines throughout the year too. <laughs> yeah, so. no, it's a perfect fit. You know, he's obviously I don't know how far away he lives. If he still lives in Chino Hills, I don't know how far that is from Staples Center. I think it's like probably like forty five minutes or something. But yeah, um, no, it's yeah, it's definitely going to be very interesting. And you're right, yeah, the Lakers are going to be back in the spotlight, and it looks like the Clippers might be leaving leaving Staples Center. You know, going yeah. for a place in Inglewood. Um, uh yeah it's it's speaking about the yeah speaking about the clippers and and, yeah jerry west he said he wanted to go to the lakers would you have brought him in do you think the lakers made a mistake by not bringing in jerry west i don't know i mean from what i've seen like in terms of his uh tenure with the warriors um he was very much a big picture guy it wasn't like when he was in memphis like actually making trades or even with the lakers earlier um He's a very much big picture guy. You know, he was the guy who said no to the Kevin Love trade with, that involved Clay Thompson. I think that was a very smart move by him. Um, definitely was. Yeah. So, like, you know, I think at this point in the Lakers' uh, uh, rebuilding process, I don't know if he if he would have been the right voice. I think he's obviously a very very smart basketball mind, but um, he's the type of guy you call when you're on when you're a semi contender and you want to make that next leap kind of similar to how uh mark jackson brought the laker or brought the warriors to the to the playoffs and established a good defensive culture then you bring in steve kerr to you know bring them over, the, them hump, over the top winning yeah. championship i think obviously you know we're not gonna get that opportunity now because jerry west is probably gonna retire after his tenure with the clippers but yeah i don't know i mean if it was a money thing i don't think any you know lakers have never been shy about spending money i think that was the the Warriors were actually hesitant to pay Jerry West. I think the Clippers are now paying him like four or five million dollars a year. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, they already brought in a kind of a new regime with Palinka and Magic, so maybe they didn't want to overshadow them or, or you know make them feel like they're uh, less than. Um, but no, I don't mind. I'm more interested in what the Clippers are actually going to do in the off season. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not really up to them, but they're probably going to try to offer Blake and Chris both max contracts and. Um, if that goes south, they, we've already heard about uh, DeAndre Jordan trade rumors, which is very interesting to me. I don't understand um, why they're doing that now unless they truly see the writing on the wall that both of their other guys are leaving, and maybe they just want to blow it up altogether. But uh, did you understand that DeAndre Jordan rumor? Not, no. Uh, <laughs> I guess from the aspect of how yesterday was the craziest day, I think, yeah. in the NBA since DeAndre's whole <laughs> signing with the Mavs and not, so yeah. you kind of just had to throw a DeAndre rumor out there. But no, I don't. Uh, I've said it on the podcast before during the season how the Clippers should have blown up this team already, yeah. and look what happened in the playoffs. Again, the same result. Uh, but with Jerry West, really quickly, I... I completely agree with you uh especially when you just brought in magic and palinka like let them do what they're gonna do uh but with the clippers too i think i think they're gonna resign chris paul and blake griffin i don't think they're gonna leave but it it's interesting though it is interesting that they are thinking of trading deandre maybe it's also to clear up cap space and to bring in someone else too that could also be a possibility yeah that's a good point um, and maybe they're looking at Blake as more of a, a center now um, rather yeah. than power forward in today's game. Um, okay, last thing. Uh, who do you think is undervalued in the upcoming draft tomorrow at uh, 5 p.m.? And who is overvalued? Who do you think is ranked too high? Who do you think is going too low? 
Okay, I think Josh Jackson is overvalued. I'll start there. I okay, he's he's very athletic, he's explosive, but offensively he's nothing really special, at least from what I've seen um of him. And yeah, the defense aspect, I get it, but he, I kind of view him as I guess a more athletic Ingram but less of an offensive game. So at least I'm looking from a Lakers perspective too, like what's the point of drafting another guy like him but I think overall he's all right I don't think he'll be anything really special in the league because every year there's players like him uh and then undervalued um hmm at first it was Luke Kennard right just because of how yeah how well he shot and looking at mock drafts at the end of the playoffs so in the beginning of really the draft process he was more of a late first round pick now they're saying he'll be a lottery pick so I guess that doesn't that's not really too undervalued, uh, but not none off the top of my head. Um, I agree with you uh, t- about uh, Josh Jackson. Um, I think you know it's crazy that the that we just saw two teams in the finals. You know, I th- I'm almost positive they attempted the most threes total combined in a finals you know yeah. series in history. I guess maybe because it was five games. I'm sure they broke the record last year. Then yeah. Um, the- but uh, uh, that still shooting is undervalued. I don't. I don't get it. Like Josh Jackson, I don't. I think he shot what thirty five percent last year from from the college three, which isn't terrible. But like, no, it's not. But it's not know, what you wanted many, to be. Here, let me pull up. But you know, like he's probably not on that many attempts, and and that's why I think the guy who I'm, br- I'm going to bring up is over or undervalued is um is Jason not Jason Tatum excuse me uh uh Jonathan Isaac, and okay you know uh, uh, while he doesn't have the same potential to be a number one guy I think he fits so well in today's game and you can slot him into so many different scenarios like and he's you know he's set to go around like six or seven this year if you're the magic sure maybe he's not your number one option but that guy can I think he could start for a championship team if he fulfills his potential like he's so long he can play so many different positions he can guard so many different positions and from what I've seen he has a better stroke than than Jackson or Tatum honestly but um and also with Josh Jackson, I don't see why the Celtics. I think this is why they're leaning towards Tatum. Is like he does not fit with Jalen Brown. He's almost an yeah, exact like carbon copy of Jalen Brown. Honestly, like, um, and maybe you could play them together in, in today's league. But I think you want someone with a little more strength who can guard fours. Um, and then my other guy who's underrated or overrated, excuse me, is Jason Tatum. Um, just because, like, I I see him as at his best. He's Carmelo Anthony. And oh, well, that's would, would not, okay. That? Well, at, at his, that's still not a bad thing. So no, it's not a bad thing. But like, if your best, if your absolute best case scenario is Carmelo Anthony, like that's not that good to me, honestly. Like, I, I love Melo. Like, he's such a fun player to watch. But at any point in Melo's career, did you say that guy can be the number one guy in a championship team? I don't know if you could. I mean, maybe yeah, two thousand. Yeah, no, two thousand and ten. <laughs> he got With the, the Denver Nuggets, Nuggets yeah. to yeah. the Western Conference Finals. Lakers, I was at the game when Ron Artest hit that game-winning shot under the basket. Or no, yeah. that was against Phoenix. But still against Denver, he got them to the Western Conference Finals. If Jason, so to, I guess, piggyback on Carmelo and that on your argument on that, if you put Carmelo, right, on the Celtics last year, not the Carmelo right now, but like Carmelo in his prime, right? Are you really, like, I think that puts the Celtics over the top. Maybe they don't beat Cleveland, but it's, it they could go either way. You can flip a coin, and if the Celtics win that series, I would definitely see that. So, 
if Tatum is that guy, I I would use I would use a number three pick on that. I I agree with you to yeah I agree that if you put if you put a a, a perfected mellow on the Celtics or like a you know maximum like yeah. 2010 mellow on the Celtics yeah they probably could have made a run at the Cavs they would it would have been a way more competitive series at the very least but just in terms of like not even like mellow at his prime but uh, that type of player that guy who you know isn't he 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 can shoot threes but is is not that's not his go to i just i don't like sorry i'm rambling here i don't like the the joe johnson type of you know post up take a a tough two point shot and it goes in a lot but still it's not an efficient shot you know like it just it, it doesn't look aesthetically i feel like there's way easier ways to get your points and and maybe he if that's what you're relying on to get to for, as you're scoring, that just doesn't seem very doesn't seem well, like a, a a winning type of way a winning style to me. If that makes okay, any sense. Yeah. No. I, I. Okay. Yeah. I get that. But you do need that go-to score who yeah, can post someone creation. up because Isaiah. Yeah. yeah Isaiah Thomas was not going to be that guy in the playoffs during the regular season. Sure, he can be your go-to scorer, but in the playoffs, you can't have that. Tatum could be that guy. Now, I, I'm. I'm not that high on Tatum. Like I think he'll be a decent player, uh, and if he does really well, great for him. But again, I just think he's he should be the pick at three over Jackson. I just don't think Jackson's that guy. Uh, and then you just like don't I guess discount that. Don't discount someone's ability to to get a point. Yeah, it doesn't look great. Uh, a lot of what Demar Drozen does is posting people up and shooting over them and shooting contested twos. Kobe did the same thing more to the end of his career, but still he would post people up for long twos, contested twos. It's just how the player plays. And so if he could be a consistent scorer, if he can make those shots, then yeah, take that. Take that go-to score. So you think that, that he and Brown can fit better than than uh, Jackson and Brown can? I... Th- I think Jackson could play the four yeah. better than Tatum can. And again, defensively right. he's better. I'm not high I'm not that high on, on Brown. Um Oh, okay, that's another way to look at it. Yeah, I guess. I guess yeah, yeah if so you're looking like, at it I think just the Celtics are such a unique case because they're not, you know, a bottom because when you're like the Magic or the Sixers where not even the Sixers, but the Magic or teams that have been bad year after year, you don't look for specific need. You just look for the best player available because you're yeah. so bad at every position you can just take whatever you can get you know but when the Celtics they're a conference finals finalists you know they should be drafting for a specific need because they're only one or two pieces away from really contending yeah so, and to, exactly so like yeah I can see why I guess that's a good point then they should be leaning towards Tatum just because um they that's what they miss the most in the in the conference finals but you know they're they're like I said, they're in the unique position of building for 2018 while at the same time building for like 2023 or 2025, you know? So even if you take Tatum and you run back the season and it's the exact same scenario as, you know, if you 2018 is exactly like 2017, you're in the conference finals against the Cavs. Do, do you think that a 20-year-old Jason Tatum is what gets them over the top? I don't think Oh, no, no. Okay, yeah. No, not, next, not next year, probably not the year before, but once he does hit his prime, I guess, I think he could, he'll be a... But then LeBron is done by then. LeBron could be retired by then, you know? So that, No, that's true. And LeBron could be on the Lakers, right? And he could yeah. be on the Western Conference. <laughs> right. But I guess 
if it's not Tatum and if you're Boston, you already traded back number one, would you take Jackson then? Is that well? Right? I mean, you know, so just ignoring the ha- the the fact that he's like not working out for for us and and or not whoever just whoever us his would you, who who would you take with that pick? Oh, if I were the Celtics, I would be taking probably yeah. Jonathan Isaac because I think one you okay, already invested that's... into Jalen Brown, um, mm-hmm. so Isaac can definitely play next to him, and I think they'd be a very elite team, elite you know duo defensively. They can switch on to you know one through four, one through five. Um, yeah, I would be taking Jonathan Isaac, but then at that point, no one else values Isaac that high. I'd be trading down, and they already did trade down. And so. then they could trade down more and get more picks. Yeah, yeah. If that was um, something, yeah. Maybe do three for five and ten with the Kings, or maybe throw in like like a Terry Rozier or something. I don't know. Yeah, like, something they, like that. They love Terry Rozier for some reason. Um, <laughs> all right, dude. Um, so yeah, what your top five then draft wise is what like. Fultz, it, Ball, Tatum, Jackson, uh, and then Fox. yeah, I think I think it would be. Um, I I I wouldn't put uh the this is like what you uh, project, not what yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. think should yeah yeah no I wouldn't put the the Suns drafting another point guard like mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past them. I could definitely see them doing that because they do that all the time. And I do think that <laughs> maybe uh, I think Isaac could crack into the top five. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's those five players. Isaac's another one. Um, like you said, it's really a top eight, right? Top heavy, like the top eight players are really good, and then there's a drop off after that. Uh, but it's still a really deep draft. I'm excited to see what the Lakers do with those late first round picks. If they trade them or who do they take? Uh, especially them being back to back is always interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's exciting times in the NBA. Yeah, and then we get to, and what, four days later, we get to see Russell Westbrook accepts the MVP. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, everyone or, can make jokes about how he didn't get out of the first round and all that. Uh, or James yeah. Harden, yeah. Or James way. Harden, yeah. Which would be equally as embarrassing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, dude. Uh, yeah, it was good talking to you. Okay. Uh, yeah. We'll catch up soon. Okay, yeah. sounds good. See ya.